This episode is brought to you by opposing offenses converting yet another third down. Nation. Welcome to another episode of Packcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. I feel like we've made this video three years in a row. I feel like we have. Grassi, and today, <laughs> it's a time-honored tradition here in the tail end of January to put out the video, Should the Green Bay Packers Fire Mike Pettin? Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to a brand new patron over at patreon.com slash Comedy, and that is Matthew Aldana. A big shout out and thank you to you. And so, my friends, here we are yet again in the despair, in the hurt that is the Green Bay Packers losing yet another NFC Championship game. And I know that maybe the sting has subsided a little bit since Sunday. And I know, personally, I'm not ready to talk about the offseason. But I am willing to talk about what we should do with Mike Pettin because this is a question that uh, I have asked and talked about for quite some time. And what's interesting about this particular season, considering how last season ended in which the 49ers literally just ran the ball and won the NFC Championship. Nothing crazy, just ran the ball and we never adjusted. There are many people, including myself, that are like, okay, well, fare thee well, Mike Pettin. However, that did not happen. But instead of being fired, Mike Pettin was given one last shot, or at least so it seemed. Now, originally, I wasn't like completely against this move because it was like, okay, 2018 came in, didn't get a great defense. 2019 improved. Now they also did get better personnel. Maybe we could give him one last shot and he could see what he could do with it. And that's when things get a tiny bit complicated because if you actually look at the numbers from year to year, Mike Penn actually improves this team in a number of categories. Sure, they wind up falling off in some of the other categories, like, for example, turnovers, but... I mean, he still put together a squad that was top 10 in yards allowed. And so the answer to this question becomes, is it more the personnel or lack of personnel that is on the field, the lack of talent, or is it the coaching behind it? Or is it both? So let's get some basics down here. First of all, Mike Pettin's contract is actually up, so he wouldn't technically be fired. Instead, they just wouldn't re-up his contract, which is a possibility. Now, the Packers this evening did fire special teams coordinator Sean Meninga, and so obviously after an abysmal year of special teams, we were like, okay, yep, that's a problem. We can never have that happen ever again, so hopefully we're going to wind up giving somebody a job who can, I don't know, Make them at least top 25 because it's pretty damn bad. And so now questions are swirling. Are they going to wind up keeping Mike Pettin? And if you look at Mike Pettin and the things that always stand out as to why they would potentially fire him, a lot of it has to do with play calling, right? It's that soft zone coverage. The fact that on third downs, we're playing so far off the receiver for whatever hell reason, which is just absolutely infuriating. And the other has been adjusting. In addition, Mike Pettin loves just calling three-man rushes, even though they have guys like Sidarius and Preston and Rashawn Gary who are on that line. And of course, a Kenny Clark, which is kind of mind-boggling. And plus, we also have corners that can blitz as well. And before I dive into Mike Pettin's stats, I think it's also important to realize that while Ted Thompson was the GM, right, a lot of 
those first round picks were spent on defense, right? They were getting cornerbacks. You have guys like Quentin Rollins, who was a second round pick. You have Demarius Randall, who was a first round pick. Goody went out and drafted Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson back to back to try and fix that secondary. Goody also went and got Darnell Savage, brought in Adrian Amos. And so there's been kind of this influx of talent that has been brought into the Packers, and some have worked and some haven't. But right now, I think you have a good secondary, especially with guys like Amos and Savage and, of course, Jair Alexander. The questions become about guys like Kevin King, who's also in a contract here, and I do not expect to be back with the Green Bay Packers. You have a play that occurred at the end of the first half in the NFC Championship game in which Kevin King was beat so badly by Scotty Miller, it was flat-out embarrassing. Who do you place the blame on? Is that a Kevin King problem? Yes, because he was looking square at Tom Brady the entire time and then just looked like he was perpetually falling all the time going after Scotty Miller. That was a big problem. But if you also look at the scheme and the way that that play was actually set up, it was garbage. There was no help for any of the corners whatsoever. You had a bunch of guys in the middle of the field and Tom Brady was just able to get one-on-one with a cornerback. Yeah, he's going to take that all day, every day. So there's plenty of blame to go around, but let's go and take a look at the stats that Mike Pettin has put together since he's gotten here to Green Bay. In 2018, that defense finished 22nd in points allowed, 18th in yards allowed, 22nd in rush, 12th in pass, and 29th in takeaways, and they were ranked 8th in sacks with 44. In 2019, drastically improved in points allowed, going up to 9th in points allowed, 18th in yards allowed, 23rd in rushing, 14th in passing, 7th in takeaways, and 15th in sacks. He actually had three more sacks less than he did the year prior. However, one of the big things to stand out from last year were the amount of pressures that we were getting, mostly due to the Smith brothers. And so we were getting after the quarterback, we were creating opportunities, and that's one of the reasons why we ranked top 10 in takeaways. Now, obviously, that season ended on a really, really sour note, so it was interesting to see what he was going to do this season. And taking a look at that, we were 13th in points allowed, so we regressed a tiny bit from last year. We were 9th in yards allowed, which is a great bump from 18 to 9. We were 13th in rushing, which is an improvement of 10 spots. We were 7th in passing, which is an improvement of 7 spots. However, we went down to 26th in takeaways, while also ranking 10th in sacks. However, we had the same number of sacks from last year to this year with 41. So besides going down a few notches and points allowed, we actually improved in yards allowed, rushing, and passing, while also not regressing in sacks. So if you look at this from a bird's eye view, this actually looks pretty darn good and looks like you have near a top 10 defense for the year. Now, it is also known that that last month, the Packers played really, really good defense. They were stopping the run. Obviously, look at like that Derrick Henry game with the Titans. They were playing really damn good football. And I think it's also important to note, while I have gone after Petten a little bit for this past NFC Championship game, you had that first half, which was really not so great. But that second half, they caused turnovers in which Jair Alexander, he had two interceptions. Adrian Amos had an interception as well. And they held Tom Brady to 10 points. Now, they didn't get a ton of pressure on Tom Brady, only sacking him once, which was a big problem, which is why I didn't understand why they didn't call more blitzes, considering when Tom Brady was under pressure, he struggled compared to Aaron Rodgers, who was always under pressure and just had to make something magic happen. So in previous years, we had Don Capers back there. Yes, you could blame Don Capers because the scheme was getting old. It was basically being read by every single offense around the league. But you could also look at it and be like, well, the talent really wasn't there, right? In the secondary, it really wasn't there. There was a constant turnover going around. We didn't hit on draft picks, so maybe that's the problem. Fast forward to now 2021, and I don't think we really have a talent problem. I think there still is a need at cornerback because you have guys like Kevin King who are not going to be on the team and guys like Josh Jackson who are a healthy scratch who was a former second rounder 
and just has not developed into the player we wanted him to be. But you see the development of guys like Rashawn Gary, obviously the domination of a guy like Kenny Clark and a really good secondary that's consisted of guys like Alexander and Savage and Amos. The pieces are definitely there. So I think what it comes down to at the end of the day, while the stats are not bad by any stretch of the imagination, the defense has gotten us into a position where they could lose us the game. While they played much better the second half, you have to look at the first half. That Scotty Miller touchdown was a backbreaker. Yes, the Packers were able to come back. Yes, the Packers did wind up struggling on offense, and that's the offense's fault, not the defense's fault. But at the same time, you also have to recognize if that Scotty Miller touchdown doesn't happen, we might win that football game. So I think the Packers have to ask themselves, are they okay with a statistically good defense? However... In clutch times, adjustment is a problem and play calling is a problem for Mike Pettin, and it could cost us the game. And that's what I think it's going to come down to. If you were just looking at the stats, I don't think Mike Pettin actually gets fired and they wind up extending him. However, considering that he is not a guy that was brought in by Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur this season focused on this in the press conferences as he was asked questions by guys like Aaron Nagler. Hey, why the hell are we playing off guys on third and one and they're just able to run a quick little hitch and they're able to get a first down easily? That's the kind of stuff that I think could wind up coming back and hurting Pettin. I think you have the talent in place and I think it's now just time to see, okay, can we now gel and get the leadership in place as well that is going to utilize the talent and put them in the best position to succeed. Because right this second, I don't know if all of those guys are in those positions. So I think the best course of action at this point is while Mike Pettin has improved that defense on numerous fronts, I think it's just time for something new. Now, that being said, the Packers do have a long-standing history of hanging on to guys too long. You look at a Mike McCarthy and you look at a Dom Capers. However, under Goody, it seems like maybe that might shift a little bit. They'd, they'd be willing to move on from guys who are not productive. And I think at this point, Mike Pettin has kind of almost fallen into that category. So over the next few days, I wouldn't be surprised if you wind up hearing that Mike Pettin is not going to have his contract renewed by the Green Bay Packers. There is a chance that he does wind up staying, but I mean, if you're Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, have you seen everything that Mike Pettin has to offer? Unfortunately, I think the answer is yes. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. You can always find me at TomGrassyComedy.com or at TomGrassyComedy, all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrassyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy. And as always, Go Pack Go!